Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to Come to Your Senses. It is not often that I have a guest on the podcast. When I do, it is a esteemed person that I deeply want to share their wisdom with you. And today is no exception. In fact, today's may be the most esteemed guest I could imagine because our guest today is my mother, Jerry. Jerry is a pillar of my community and has been a participant in almost every class I've ever taught and has been a guest on several of my retreats. She is very loved by this community, and one of the things I admire so much about my mom is the way that she has taken what some might call the crone years or the sage years, the later years of her life, and made them into some of the most satisfying, meaningful, happiest years of her life, which is not a narrative that you commonly hear about in our culture. And I wanted to share the gift of her wisdom with you today. So without further ado, I bring you Jerry. Hi, mom. Welcome to the podcast. Hello there. (laughs) Um, I appreciate you coming, even though you may have been kicking and screaming. (laughs) This is pressing my mom's edge of comfort, even though my mom is kind of a pillar in my community has been over the years. I think you've been on over eight retreats. Mm, That sounds probably right. Yeah. And you've been a part of almost every program that I've ever run or created. And one of the reasons I wanted to record this episode is because I know that one of the ways that you really inspire my community is with how you can be a woman who is approaching 80 
hope it's okay that I share that. <laughs> it's okay. Sure. <laughs> you know, like even that, it's I like, know. oh God, did I just commit a sin by uh, yeah, saying your age? Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, no, it's not, it's not a, a, a secret. Right. But, but you can be a woman who is approaching 80 and still investigating and exploring your womanhood and your journey as a sensory being and a spiritual being, mm. which I know so many of us perceive, culturally perceive the crone years as being the end. <laughs> <laughs> and you've really inspired me with how you've made these some of the best, most pleasurable, most uh, social years of your life. And so I just wanted to ask you some questions to inspire all of us, not just women, but all gender and gender identities around this phase of life being beautiful and rich and meaningful. Are you up for that? I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that was really special about this passage is that you had a croning ceremony where women from your church, the Unitarian Universalist Church, gathered, and there was this beautiful altar and it was women who were entering this phase of their life. What was kind of the age range? Do you remember? Uh, it started at uh, 60 uh -huh. and, and up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was visiting you at the time and I got to come and witness and actually photograph the event. Mm. Oh, the video is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was so meaningful for me. I was probably 35 at the time to see these elders, members of our community, wrapped in purple velvet and reflect, and their beauty inside and out reflected back to them from their community members and just have this phase of life held in beauty. And I remember actually going into the bathroom and I was washing my hands and I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, and I saw like wrinkles around my eyes and I thought organically, I didn't have to force myself to think this. Oh, I'm becoming a crone, like really excited about it. <laughs> really? You know, and this is what somatic experiencing, like that would be a mm -hmm. somatic experience of having my thoughts changed by an experience of my senses. Mm -hmm. And so what do you find, you know, what, what did you expect this phase of your life to be like? And how did that ceremony maybe change that and change you? Wow, that's an interesting question because I don't know if I really projected what my future life would be, my sort of elder years, because my parents both died in their late 70s. And here I am in my late 70s. <laughs> And uh, do you feel in your late seventies? Well, I don't know because everybody around me, all my friends are in the same situation. So it's hard to say what that feels like. Um, right. Like you know, what age is not a feeling. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, when I say that next year I'll be 80, it's like, what is, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. So, but the ceremony was a, 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 a turning point in a way in the fact that it was honoring the fact that I was whatever age I was at that time. Uh, it was about probably five years ago, even more, I think. And um, 
the idea that we would honor women as they age is an ancient thought. And other tradition, other communities have that, do that. And, and sort of in modern day America, we don't do that. And people, like you said, try to hide their age or pretend to look younger when it's, it really is an honor to be able to achieve this status. And it should be a status of, of, of recognition. Not that we've, you know, made it that far, mm-hmm. but that we are happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's funny, the other day I was in the car and I saw myself in the rearview mirror and I actually like the way I'm aging and I kind of like my wrinkles. <laughs> and there's this little voice that says, well, just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, it's amazing to me, like you said, it's so natural in indigenous cultures, especially to honor this phase of a woman's life and how it's almost expected to dishonor this phase of a woman's life in these more patriarchal capitalist societies that sell youth in a bottle, quite Mm -hmm. literally. And... When you reflect back on the last, say, 10 or 20 years, what do you feel like have been some of the most precious aspects of this time? And what has helped you really kind of rock this time? Some of the most precious aspects are the community that I have been fortunate to be a part of. When my husband and I moved to South Carolina 10 or 11 years ago, I was quite worried because I was far away from my children, but I did not have a community where I was before. I had acquaintances, but not real. My friends were still dispersed in other areas. When we moved to South Carolina, I met someone who I think her life goal is women's community and fostering uh, relationships with women. Shout out to you know who. (laughs) I can say her name, Julie. Julie is a gem. Julie E., shout out to you. So uh, she has... You know what I just realized? You and I both have best friends named Julie. Do you know I thought of that yesterday when we were honoring Julie for her, the other Julie? Yeah. Yeah, I thought of that. Mm -hmm. And and they both are champions of creating community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mine is Julie E. Oh, wow. Interesting. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I thought of that yesterday. Um, but anyway, that, that has been really the most, um, precious thing about this time period that I've been fortunate to, even though I moved, I was concerned I wouldn't have community. I have more community than I ever had in my life. Part of it is that I'm not working. So I can. Well, let's just pause and rewind that because I would agree. And do you think that the passing of dad, you know, it's like it created this opening in your life for more community. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I know for like, I have a a number of friends who are single mothers by choice, which sounds like just a very terrifying and unconventional way to become a mother. And many of them have said, I feel like my life is easier because I have this circle of support around me that I wouldn't have if I was depending on a partner. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's very true. I think we used to do a lot of things together, my husband and I, and it was sometimes hard to make a decision between, you know, staying home watching TV or going out with the girls. And that was almost, it created a vacuum. Mm-hmm. His, his passing created a vacuum that I filled, uh, I needed to fill. I wanted to fill. And for some people, they don't ever get it filled. And that is so sad. But I was really fortunate to have women already that were there. Mm -hmm. And I I had already started working on building relationships. Mm -hmm. But um, Mm -hmm. they just, they were there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's definitely an experience that regardless of age, you know, is, is, like I know many of my friends and, and myself being a single person in my forties, it's like that craving for community. And I think it requires a real redefinition of wealth and prosperity, you know, because it's like culturally wealth and prosperity are seen as access to resources and things we can acquire, which they are, you Mm -hmm. know, that is a definition of wealth, but just seeing you in the way that you've thrived during this time, it's like the prosperity of community is is a huge aspect of your personal wealth, I think. Mm. Oh, I think that's a beautiful way to put that, that, that I do feel very uh, wealthy in that, in that way in my life as, as a, as a part of my life in being able to just know that I could call someone and have a choice of four or five people that I could call in case if I needed something or in case I wanted to just talk or cry or whatever, mm-hmm. that they are there. And in my younger years, they weren't there because we were all involved in working. And it just consumed so much of my energy to be working and working also on a relationship with a, in a marriage. And that is a freedom that I never expected when my husband passed. I really thought it would be a very lonely future. And it has been extremely rewarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still miss him immensely. But it I was able to be blessed by by this community. Yeah, like as someone who know has known you my whole life at least. <laughs> <laughs> and um it's like what I see and, and, you know, like I hear that there's a need to, to validate that dad is missed and mm-hmm. he is. And there's been this opportunity for you to discover who you are and, you know, yourself and show yourself in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel knowing that here we describe and, and define sensuality as simply using the senses to better know yourself and experience life through being in your body. How do you feel that your sensuality has changed or evolved? What's your relationship to that now? I don't know. There's a grimace. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really know. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure. I think it's only been through your programs that I've become aware Uh of using my senses. And of course, now I'm doing some readings and um, finding books that talk about it. But I was, I, I think part of it 
it just, I hate to say this, but it's free time. Mm-hmm. It's having time to not have to rush from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's having time to be able to stop and smell or taste or touch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And why do you hate to say that? Because I think it's a sad reflection on our society that we're so consumed with work mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that it that it does not allow space for us. I mean, it, it, there are you really have to make space. Whereas mm-hmm. here in retirement, I'm given space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. As you should be. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I remember our friend saying last weekend that as she's gotten older, it takes so much less to make her happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that she feels so much more naturally content mm-hmm. in this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the things when you look back on your life that make you say, God, I'm so glad I did that? Oh, my gosh. I really have a lot of experiences that I can say that about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was glad I didn't get married young because I was able to volunteer for a year in Appalachia and I was able to travel cross country in a camping, camping in a tent, um, for eight weeks. And, and you were 28 when you got married? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is still kind of young today. Today, today it is. Back then it was not. I got to ride in a hot air balloon, <laughs> um, which was one of my life. Life uh, on my bucket list. I've just had so many blessings in my life. Um, having my kids was probably the greatest blessing of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I've had a lot of good experiences I can reflect on. Mm-hmm. And still having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's been one of your most meaningful experiences in the last 10 years? I mean, the first thing that pops out to me is is dad's accident and a few days surrounding his death mm-hmm. as as a very meaningful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dad died in a bicycle accident a year after his first marathon. Approximately, yeah. yeah. Yeah, dad was a fitness enthusiast and had just completed his first century ride, which was a 100-mile bike ride, and then ran his first freaking marathon. And do you know my dad called me for mile three? <laughs> he why did he have his cell phone on him in case something happened oh, you know, yeah. in case he needed to call him. i was nearby and i yeah. stayed you know waited nearby yeah 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 and i was sick and he he while running called me for mile three to say i heard you're sick i hope you feel better <laughs> i know oh my god i know maybe i'll put a um photo of him in the show notes, if you go to the website, and the, there's a link in the episode notes for to see that image. I know you read a lot of books. And what is a book? Or are there any resources, you know, like you have that Oracle deck of crone cards, any resources that have helped you understand and better acclimate to this phase of your life? I think a book that was a turning point was The Dance of the Dissident Daughter by Sue Monk Kidd. I've always been religious, spiritual, and I didn't even know how much the patriarchy had affected me. And that book turned my whole view of divinity around 
and to think that goddess is equal to God was an amazing experience. And has, and I think that that's what has led me to this female community that I've been involved mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that book too. Sue Monk Kid is kind of in my circle of inspiration, like my inner altar, the way that she has kind of taken a similar journey to you from being very religious and, and she wasn't in the Catholic faith, but mm-hmm. in a Christian faith mm-hmm. and having redefined and reimagined her spirituality on her own terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if there was someone in front of you who was feeling anxious or fearful about their crone years, like your child? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we were talking before the episode about me being 41 and being single and wanting family and that, you know, your experience has really re-inspired me because I have a lot of friends who are in my position and imagining us all literally living the golden girls lifestyle, sharing a home (laughs) feels like a possibility in my future. Um, but that there's this fear of being elderly in a nursing home by myself, mm-hmm. you know, because that's kind of the cultural narrative. And I wonder what you might say to someone in that position, a message you might have for a future crone. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is to have female friends mm-hmm. um, because they will support you. Mm-hmm. They will be your, your system. Even if you don't have kids, I see that here. I live in a senior community, individual houses, but there's a feeling of community. And I think that, like, <laughs> I can picture you in a golden, golden girls. <laughs> <laughs> Which golden girls would I be? Oh, Blanche, without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have, have, uh, they're they're very archetypal. Yeah. The golden yeah. girls. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think I used to be full Blanche, but I feel like I'm a mix of Blanche and Dorothy now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would you well, be? I was just going to ask you what you think. Who you think? Well, I think you'd be a blend of Rose and Sophia. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I see myself as Dorothy. Do you? I do. Yeah. What do you admire about her? I don't know. I think that she's very, um, I think she's, she's smart. very smart. Is it, that's the word I was going to say. Yeah. Um, just smart and uh, sort of a even person as opposed to, I think, you know, sort of even tempered, even mm-hmm. uh, level. I don't know which the word I'm looking for. We're devolving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're digressing is maybe better yeah, term. Yeah, right. Um, right. But yeah, anyway, but going but, back to your original thing, you need women friends. Mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm. have to, de- and, and you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. You really do have to work at it. Mm-hmm. And it, my friend Julia has always said, you we have like a tree, the rings of a tree, and the, there's like a core group of three or four women mm-hmm. that are um, the go-to people. And then there's an, a little bit of an outer ring of people you could depend on, you want to socialize with. And then there's sort of a big outer group that you just kind of socialize with, but you wouldn't necessarily be bosom buddies. Mm. Yeah, that's a cool way of looking at it. A- another way of saying it might be that you need friends. Mm-hmm. Like you need strong mm-hmm. friendships. And I, I hear you that 
There is something very unique about female friendships and very intimate. And I think something that I and so many of my friends are learning and have learned is that, you know, it's been presented that your romantic partnership is the sun and your friendships are the planets around which that orbits, but that there's different ways of doing it mm-hmm. where you're the sun mm-hmm. <laughs> and your friends and your romantic relationships take take turns being in places of closeness in the planets, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that idea that you're the sun and the planets are mm-hmm. are around. And, and each one of those people are the sun for themselves, the same, same yeah. idea. Yeah. Anything else that you feel moved to share with our listeners? And thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your magic. You know, I really do. I was kicking and screaming, but I really, <laughs> I always wind up enjoying a, a conversation with you. I think that is, I, I expect that uh-huh. at this point. Everything I've ever brought you to, you've kicked and screamed. Every wild hair raising experience I've introduced you to, you've kicked and screamed in the, and you love it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's real true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, mom, for being here and for being an extraordinary mom and an extraordinary woman and I love you thank you and I love you too for coaching classes and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment head to schoolofsensualliving.com there you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.